Hello and welcome to Monday Mornings with Matthew Murray on Tuesday. Yes, it's episode two, and yes, it's late. You're like, really? You're two episodes into your podcast, and already you're blowing your delivery date. Well, I decided to take some vacation time. I took the small offspring that my delightful wife and I created, and we headed to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, where they created the single largest mall that you will ever see. So if you ever thought, you know what, I need to go into an H&M the size of a Walmart, that is the place to go. So we took in all kinds of amazing attractions while we were in Edmonton. We stayed at the delightful Travel Lodge West, uh, where bricks are pillows, but they're very nice people. And we got home very late on Sunday night, so I thought I could do my podcast Sunday night at 11.30, has a podcast who sounds has stuff and podcast. Or I could get some rest. I could get back in the office, get my day lit up, and be able to give you a proper podcast episode two tonight. So it's a day late, and quite frankly, I don't think you care that much. I don't think there was anybody at home jonesing for Monday mornings with Matthew Murray. And if you were, thank you. I am here, I am back, and we will be hitting our timeline for weeks to come. I want to say thanks for all the feedback we got on episode one. Uh, A lot of different podcast sites picking us up right off the bat based off the number of listens we got on episode one. And that was surprising. Uh, I'm uh, thrilled at how much the uh, podcast community is adopting us already. And I came prepared this time. I, I really felt that out of episode one, I had a great time recording it. I enjoyed the fabulously expensive microphone But at the 20-minute mark, I was running out of steam. I was like, I needed a longer topic list. So I spent the week coming up with brilliant topics to talk to you about here on episode two. And what happens? What happens? I go and I write out all these amazing topics, and Star Wars decides to drop a new trailer. So now I'm fighting my inner nerd because, oh man, do I want to just shit all over Star Wars right now. I am a dyed-in-the-wool Star Wars nerd, inside and out. Okay, absolutely. The guy that always wins the trivia, the guy that buys the Star Wars Trivial Pursuit and then gets mad because he already knew the answers to everything, that's me. Now, in contrast, my delightful wife still doesn't know who Boba Fett is, uh, which I don't falter for. You're going to have to forgive me, guys. I'm fighting a cold, so uh, I'm going to be a little throaty, a little deep, a little swallowy. Uh, which having a fabulously wonderful, expensive microphone catches. So I picked up an Edmonton virus. I think I caught uh, Edmonton Escamodius or some sort of other uh, West Nile virus that I'm sure every single possible germ had to be in the West Edmonton Mall all at once. That is the world's largest mall. So just statistically, every single disease airborne illness, STD, must have been in that building at some point, at some time. And we went to the water park, which is amazing. But when you throw in uh, going to the water park and running around in your shorts in moderately heated water uh, on top of ridiculous levels of air conditioning, you're going to get sick. So this is how we'll sound for episode two. Uh, But Star Wars, uh, the new trailer came out for episode nine. And just be calm. I'm going to save my Star Wars rant for next episode. Uh, I want to give people something to really look forward to. 
but rest assured, I have plenty of thoughts on where the series is going, where it's been, and all the terrible, terrible things that Episode 8 did to it. And I don't want to become one of those shrieking fanboys who simply builds a podcast around complaining about the things that he loves. But uh, this is Star Wars, and quite frankly, it's mine, so I'm going to do it. But for this week, we got some great uh, topics. I got some more ad reads. I've got all kinds of delightful things. Now, one of the things that a lot of people gave me feedback on from episode one was uh, talk more about being a stand-up comedian. What's it like? What do we do? So I've uh, tried to put together a list of some of the most common questions that I get asked as a stand-up comedian, and then I'll answer one or two every week. If you have a question, I've always wondered how do stand-up comedians do blank blank, you can hit me up, Matthew at MatthewMurray.ca, double T, double R, double chin, and I will take your comedy questions for later podcasts. Question I got this week, do you write all your own material? And the answer is yes. And if people then ask, well, how could you possibly come up with all of that? And rather than rehash a Seinfeld episode that you may have seen, uh, if you're old, uh, I will not. I will just let you know that uh, all of my material to date has been written by me. Now, I've bounced premises off other comedians and people that I think are strong writers, and they've helped me expand on the bits, but uh, it all comes from me. And really what that entails is just never taking life as seriously as I ever should and offending my wife at every opportunity. I have to keep myself in a state of mental readiness. It's very similar to like a cat-like state of readiness, how at any point you could jump in any direction because a ninja star might come flying at you. I have to do the same thing with comedy. I have to be continually open to the cosmos. Something may occur that I have to mock or deride or point out the how ludicrous it is. And that mindset, that that sort of state of readiness is sort of what I call being in the right comedy mindset. Uh, it's it's difficult because you try to stay in that mindset and then real life cards banging on your head with a sledgehammer and saying, oh, you should think about all the work prospects you have to work on. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, don't forget to do your banking. Bang, bang. And you start thinking, well, there's got to be something funny in this. And there really isn't. So comedy, when it occurs, it strikes like a bolt of lightning and you try to capture it in a bottle as quickly as possible. For every bit I've written, there has to be two more that I thought of and went, oh, I'll remember that. that that's awesome. I'll just write that down next time I get a chance. And they're gone. It's very similar to losing a girl's phone number or forgetting a shoe. You're just non-functional without it. Uh, having my cell phone now has really enabled me to capture a lot more uh, ideas. So you'd think I'd be getting systematically funnier as technology improves. But as this uh, description of my comedy answer uh, attests to, that's not always the case. The one thing that my family does respect is when a comedy idea hits, everything stops. That is a policy that I've had to institute. Whether I'm driving, I will immediately pull over. If I am in the middle of a meal, a conversation, you have 10 people over, you have a dinner party, and you're recanting a great story, and something funny happens, 
I don't care what the socially accepted situation uh, for pulling out your phone is. I don't care. I will pull my phone out at a movie. I will pull it out at uh, in bed at 2 o'clock in the morning. I will pull this phone out and capture that idea instantly as soon as it happens in as much detail as required. And life stops until that takes place. So my loving three-year-old has had to just stand there politely and go, Daddy, 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 until my ears actually reactivate and I acknowledge her presence. Uh, that hasn't led to any destructive situations yet, but I'm sure it certainly will. Uh, my wife has finally realized that this is just something that's going to have to happen, and she puts up with it. And that's the way the world works. It can be really awkward sometimes in business situations, but it has to be captured immediately. And that's what we do. Um, that's what, how we're writing the comedy. And then you go back and you work it and you rework it. You apply all kinds of different methodologies to the bit to try and flush out the maximum amount of material. And sometimes it's just something that makes me laugh. And I just want to say it on stage, even if it's dumb. But it makes me laugh, and theoretically, if it could make me laugh, it could make someone else laugh. Now, uh, my wife is convinced that she gives me gold on a regular basis, and that is not the case. If there is one thing that my wife will do that will make me laugh consistently, the one thing that just cracks me up every single time, uh, and just talking about writing things in my phone has brought this to my mind, she will use her phone in bed. I'm sorry, I'm sort of chuckling already just thinking about this. She likes to, you know, like we all do, why would we get into bed and talk to each other or have an interaction or really connect as people when we have our cell phones? Uh, so what she likes to do is lay on her back and look up at her cell phone. So she'll have her phone about 18, 22 inches away from her face up in the air with one hand and she'll be typing with the other hand. And what I love is lately, she likes horror movies and she likes um, terrible programming. So she's realized that dragging me into that's just not going to work. So what she'll do is she'll go to bed, uh, but she's not ready to go to sleep yet. So she'll put earphones in. She'll put an episode of something on Netflix and she will watch. She'll lay on her back and put the phone uh, about two feet up in the air and, and watch her video. And as her fatigue mounts and as her body starts to shut down i will watch the delightful ballet of the phone drooping slowly and steadily a couple of inches a couple more inches and then she'll come around and sort of wake herself up a little bit and the, the phone will get back up into the air and eventually what will happen without fail is she will drop the phone on her face her hand will relax and the phone will drop about 10 inches directly onto her forehead or her nose. And I realized just even now in describing this, that's horrible to find hilarious because that hurts. Um, but it's consistent and it makes me laugh every time. And uh, I just love it. I just, I, I love watching it. And so um, sorry for relating that story. The other point, the reason I bring up that story is the other point I got, I mentioned in feedback off episode one was in addition to talking about being a comedian, uh, tell us stuff that you can, we can relate to. We want to hear about family stuff. And we tend to keep our daughter off social media. And we don't talk a lot about our family lives. So I thought, you know, I should honor the listeners' wishes and tell them embarrassing things about us. So uh, I expect 
to have an embarrassing story about me, maybe in the weeks to come. But for now, yep, wife drops the phone on her face, and uh, it's hilarious. One thing uh, I've noticed you're living in Saskatchewan is uh, I made a lot of jokes last week about the city accidentally giving away a million dollars to a fraudster. And my opinion still stands. Anytime you have the ability to give away a million bucks with the press of a button, you need some checks and balances and standards in there. Well, the city seems to be the gift that keeps on giving from a subject standpoint. This just knocked me out. We have red light cameras on a couple of the intersections here in Saskatoon, uh, high traffic, high volume intersections. And ideally, they're there for safety. They're there so people don't run the red light. The fact they bring in hundreds of thousands of dollars, a delightful bonus for my lovely municipality, but really they're there for safety. They're there to tell people in this neighborhood, don't run this red light. You could get into an accident. So our city, uh, their five-year contract with the current vendor is up, and they've decided to select a new vendor. So we've pulled down all of our red light cameras because the new company needs like four to six weeks. Uh, they said October, and here we are on October, uh, August 26th. So about two months, a month and a half. Let's give them a month and a half, six to eight weeks before the new red light cameras are here and up and operational. And the city estimates that they're going to lose about $300,000 in red light camera revenue between now and the end of October. First off, I don't particularly care being called revenue in my city, okay? I am a citizen. I am not a revenue source. I pay my taxes for the things the city can do for me. Um, but if you're going to change the red light cameras out, why wouldn't you pick a vendor who's ready to go? Or why wouldn't you select it in a path so that if the old ones come out on Monday, the new ones go in, oh, I don't know, Tuesday? I mean, you've got the crews that are manning the machines that it takes to pull a... And they pulled the entire... It's not like they went up on the pole and took the little red lighty camera thing off the top of the, the traffic lights. They took the whole pole. I shouldn't say take the whole pole, but they did. They they took the entire device, the, the wiring, the pole that it came on out of the ground, and they are going to replace them in October. So why, if you're going to, if you know you're going to change vendors, because this had to be some sort of RFP process. Uh, if anybody here has ever tried to bid on a government contract, essentially what you do is the government issues a request for proposals, and then they pick the person who puts the most money in their back pocket. But at least it's a system. It's a way that things work. And you would think if you're getting some money put in your back pocket and you're changing vendors, that you would address the fact that they'd be ready. Like, if you're a company that makes red light cameras and you get an order from a city, should you not be ready to put those in? Don't you have a warehouse? I mean, Amazon could probably have sold us red light cameras and had them installed with drones uh, by Thursday. So why we're going six to eight weeks without red light cameras is beyond me. And to boot, now you've removed the safety of this intersection. 
So we're all going to go, woohoo, two months, I can run the red lights in this intersection. Oh, new red light cams are up. I have to start obeying the law again. Why didn't you at least leave the poles up until the new ones were ready so we'd all think that we're going to be on red light cam and then we'd not run the camera? If, 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 if it really wasn't a cash grab, there would all be fake red light cameras. If really security was the true desire for having those devices up, they'd all be fakes because we'd all be scared to run the red light and instead we slam on the brakes and crash into each other instead. But if, if it's not a revenue grab, then why do you need cameras in the first place? Uh, but I thought that was pretty hilarious. And uh, not that I, again, not a, a, a no uh, mission against City Hall in these podcasts. I'm not out to get uh, Mayor Charlie Clark or anything. Um, I just have to point out these things that this is what happened in the last week or so. And it was either that or Star Wars lightsaber duels. And, you know, original Star Destroyers in an odd formation. So you got red light camps. Next week, lightsabers, blasters, Han Solo, all that. Um, the city of Saskatoon also reported that they arrested a 12-year-old who ran into a random person's house and sprayed the people in that home with bear mace. And okay, so that's already we, we. I'm not joking about that. We've obviously got a disturbed kid, acting out for attention, troubled home, whacked out kid. That happens. The kid's 12. He obviously just needs some help. What kills me is that the police said they had nine warrants out for his arrest prior to him randomly running into a house and getting bear maced. So what is the point of having a warrant out for someone's arrest if you're not going to go arrest him? I personally, I'll share a story with this, I accidentally had a warrant out for my arrest once. I had not paid uh, an LRT, it was a Calgary Transit uh, ticket that I had argued down because I was not at fault, but I was still found partially guilty, so not bitter. But I had forgotten to pay the reduced fine. And like seven years later, I got pulled over by an RCMP and they go, haha, we have a warrant out for your arrest. It was a very embarrassing situation. Basically, I had to drive back to an RCMP uh, location, give them some money, say I'm so sorry. Everybody got paid. Everybody was happy. But I understand not searching me out. I mean, that's a warrant for my arrest. I am driving a vehicle. If I had gone to get my license renewed, they would have said, hey, there's an outstanding warrant for your arrest. There's a ticket you got to pay for it, blah, blah, blah. This kid is 12. If he has an outstanding warrant for his arrest, then he is probably at home. You should just stop by his house at, at warrant two or three or four and say, hey, we're looking for the crazy 12-year-old who has multiple warrants out for his arrest. And, and where do you take a 12 I don't even know what the rules are on for juvie and if we even have juvie, if that's an American thing that I just know from, from TV. But uh, you. So what are you going to do? You're going to arrest this 12-year-old and say, hey, we're bringing you up on multiple counts of ABCD. Uh, we're going to keep you locked up. Well, why? It's, it's not going to do anything. But if you have nine warrants out for a child's arrest, and you haven't been able to bring him in, you're just not trying. Go to his school, go to his house. That's just, you know, when were you going to go get him? If you have a warrant out, 
that's theoretically saying that you're unlawfully at large. That means you're out and about in public and you shouldn't be. And if anybody sees you or the police run into you, they should detain you. So if you have that many warrants out for a 12-year-old, maybe you should go pick him up. Um, just got a message from home. And uh, yeah, I can change over the laundry when I get home. No problem. But I'm not going to type that out right now. So she will be left wondering if I am going to change laundry over until she hears this podcast. So, haha. I uh, love to hear people in Saskatchewan. I'm in Saskatchewan, Canada. It's a great big flat province. Um, one of our features is very flat. We're getting carbon taxed here in Canada, and I just get a kick out of Saskatchewan always screaming. If there's a carbon footprint, our forests, we take in more carbon than we create. Therefore, we should get a tax. Don't you guys understand? A carbon tax is just a tax. It's just a, a new thing that the government came up with to cost us more money. They didn't. It, they don't really care about carbon. It could have been an air tax. It could have been a bicycle tax. It could have been a nose hair tax. They just found something that they thought, oh, this is makes semi-logical sense to tax. Haha, this could be some big money. We'll create a carbon tax. So sitting and arguing that, well, we're actually uh, carbon neutral and carbon positive. So uh, based on the number of trees, we should get a tax. You don't get a tax rebate. You just get taxed. So stop complaining. Uh, my daughter is uh, starting to uh, check out a brand new paramilitary organization which at three is a little disconcerting to me, but I have watched, I've read some of their materials. Uh, they're called the Paw Patrol. And uh, man, she is absolutely loving these things. I just, I've been watching a few episodes. I don't want to become one of those in my day types when we watched all, we just watched Sesame Street. And I mean, when I was a kid, all we had were cartoons selling us toys. Transformers, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, Nothing but homoerotic toys that are trying to sell us hunks of plastic to bang into each other on regular intervals. Uh, now they're trying to be a bit more educational with things. And the big craze is, pop, is Paw Patrol, which she is absolutely all in on. And I watch these episodes, and they're great. Uh, someone's in trouble. There's an iceberg. They're stuck on the iceberg. Go save the seal. Oops, the boat's sinking. Go fix the boat with recycled materials. Great. But... This paramilitary organization, this Paw Patrol, really uh, oversteps its bounds in a lot of ways. And I don't know where they stop and start in terms of the, the government and, and the organization there. They just seem to be able to do anything from saving people from a sinking boat to having to babysit chickens. And I just don't know if we want to be teaching our children that uh, chicken babysitting is something you should be reporting to the authorities. Let's do some ad reads. Um First, I want to talk about uh, Boost Strategic Coaching uh, here in Saskatoon. They help you figure out your sales and marketing through one-on-one -on -one coaching, online training, and group workshops. They're at boostcoaching.ca. Uh, for established sales professionals, we work with established sales professionals looking to put a finer point on their sales practices. Often professionals outgrow their current system and look for ways to become more effective. For professionals previously not required to sell, they specialize in working with them who include lawyers, architects, engineers, accountants, boring people essentially, who are now required to originate new clients and expand existing relationships. 
We've simplified the process of doing business development for the busiest and or least enthusiastic participant. I love that. The least enthusiastic. I am so unenthusiastic about this. Don't worry. We have a method for you. We can make this part of your daily practice and make it not suck. Now, anytime the marketing material says, make it not suck, you know this is a pretty smart cookie. Uh, Daria is the uh, head owner of Boost Strategic Coaching, and she's awesome. She's written the Hands-On Marketing, the Small Business Owner's Guide to Advertising and Branding, which is a great uh, book. I recommend it from uh, boostcoaching.ca. I've seen her do several seminars on how to maximize your networking opportunities. I go to a lot of these business breakfasts. Whereas people all get together and they stand up one at a time and go, hi, I'm from Al's Auto Shop and we do autos. So if you have an auto, come to Al's Auto Shop. And they're brutal. You just want to fall asleep and eat a very poor breakfast with excellent bacon though. And uh, they're all terrible. They don't generate new business, but people are told they should go to these business breakfasts because that's how you get business. And Daria actually teach, teaches these people how to properly introduce themselves hand over their business card, network. She goes through a lot of personal personality profiles and stuff. Very cool. So check out uh, Boost Strategic Coasting. Coaching, not coasting. We don't want to do strategic coasting. That's uh, that's what I'm doing on this podcast already. Uh, but Boost Strategic Coaching at boostcoaching.ca. Second up, uh, Matthew, and, Matthew and Melissa, Independent Legal Shield Associates. Uh, we're taking legal representation and making some revisions in the form of accessible, affordable, full-service coverage. Finally, you can live life knowing you have a law firm in your back pocket who at the same time isn't emptying it. At Legal Shield, we've been offering legal plans to our members for over 45 years, creating a world where everyone can access legal protection and everyone can afford it. Unexpected legal questions arise every day. With Legal Shield on your side, you'll have access to a top-quality law firm 24-7 for covered situations. From real estate to divorce advice, speeding tickets to will preparation and beyond, we're here to help you with any legal matter, no matter how traumatic or how trivial it may seem. Because our dedicated law firms are prepaid, their sole focus is on serving you rather than billing you. That's Matthew Murray and Melissa Murray, Independent Legal Shield Associates. The preceding message was not on behalf of Legal Shield, and all claims made are only on behalf of Matthew and Melissa Murray. And finally, the Sasky sisters are back. Oh, this pure romance. These, these were the, the big fake wang girls I mentioned. Uh, they're, hey, they're not girls with big fake wangs. They are the uh, the romance parties girls. Uh, man, we had a great time uh, with their ad read last week. Uh, this time they're offering, if you book a party uh, before September, you have a chance to win one of 40 prizes of coochie. <laughs> what? <laughs> 40, win one of 40 prizes of coochie. Oh, our top-selling shaving cream. Ah, okay, that's <laughs> okay. That makes more sense for life. Forty prizes of Coochie, our top-selling shaving cream for life. Oh, Coochie for life. Well, am I reading this? Win a chance. Win a forty prizes of Coochie for life. That's that's a lot of Coochie. Um, if you want uh, their uh, top-selling shaving cream for life, that's a, a heck of a prize. So I, I don't know how often you, hmm, I don't know how often you should shave. I mean, you should shave a coochie a lot, I would think, if that's your choice. I mean, hey, it's completely up to you. But um, a lifetime supply of the shaving cream can't hurt. That's got to help the process. So uh, Sasky Sisters Pure Romance. Just go to Facebook and search up Sasky, S-A-S-K-Y, Sisters 
Pure Romance, uh, book your party today. They do have internet ordering for our people around the world. And that's going to bring me to the end of podcast episode two, the Almost Monday Morning with Matthew Murray. I will be checking all my emails and my feedback at uh, Matthew at MatthewMurray.ca. We're looking forward to finally getting on Apple Podcasts soon. Next week, oh, it's for the nerds. It's for the nerds. We're going to Star Wars it up hardcore, and I will keep it interesting. If you're not a Star Wars person, don't worry. I will keep it accessible. I love movies. I love movie reviews. I love talking movies, and I will keep it uh, keep you educated and up to date on what's happening in the Jedi world. We'll have more. I'm sure I'll have some negative feedback from telling everybody that my wife drops her cell phone on her face, uh, which is a beautiful face and uh, completely damage-free. The phone is not that heavy. And we'll have some more ad reads and more information. I, You know what? I'm just going to put a moratorium on complaining about the city of Saskatoon. I'm giving you your week off. So city of Saskatoon, if you get something particularly dumb up your sleeve to pull, this is the week. Okay, you're going to change bike lanes. You're going to do a 30-kilometer reverse construction zone. You think you're going to teach people in Saskatoon to zipper merge. Whatever you've got up your sleeve to, to drop on us in terms of not bright, this is the week to do it. I'm going to give you a week off next week. I'm not turning this into a right-wing complaint about the government show. I am Matthew Murray. Check me out at matthewmurray.ca for all of your stand-up comedy needs. I still have dates available for this upcoming Christmas season. And thank you so much for listening.